one of the things that I've been thinking about before this episode is the idea of turning points in people's lives, you know, whether they are unexpected or perhaps ones that you've chosen for yourself, because I think that's a, something that sort of connects all of our guests today. And of course, when I tell people that I was diagnosed with HIV 20 years ago in my mid-20s, that was at a time, of course, when HIV was a death sentence, they usually assume that it was a huge turning point in my life. They assume that something that big, that dramatic, must have in some way turned my life upside down and you know, shaken me to the very core and you know, changed me in some profound way. And no doubt I must have learned something about myself or about life, uh, perhaps about the cruelty or haphazard nature of life's twists. And people imagine that I have gained some kind of wisdom from that and uh, that I will now impart that wisdom to them. You know, maybe something about living each day as if it's your last, or grabbing life by the horns and taking every opportunity that comes your way. Uh, maybe I'm going to tell them to take time to stop and smell the flowers and not to sweat the small stuff. But unfortunately, I have to disappoint them because I have nothing profound to impart from that. Oh, sure now, it was a big deal, and 20 years later, I can still describe every minute detail of my doctor's 1996 office. You know, his pen lying on his open notebook, the uh, post-it notes beside his hand, the color and texture of his green corduroy trousers, uh, the clock on the wall hung beside a drug company-sponsored wall chart that was peeling away clumsily on one corner from the clumsily applied blue tack. But, you know, a couple of hours later, I was hungry, and I had to make a sandwich with the fridge-wilted lettuce that I had nearly thrown out the day before. And that evening, I still had to wash the dirty dishes. You know, life's mundanities didn't stop just because somebody told me I was going to die. The dog still needed to be walked, the bins still needed to be put out, the electricity bills still needed to be paid. I didn't, you know, grab life by the horns. I couldn't. I had just run out of bin bags, and Tesco was closing in 30 minutes. <laughs> Because it turns out that life's turning points are often much more mundane or unexpected than that. In 1986, I went to a gay bar for the very first time. I had never really met other gay people before that. And I went because I was desperate to meet other people just like me, and hopefully to finally get laid. <laughs> and I did both. <laughs> but walking nervously through the door of that innocuous basement changed my life as profoundly as Harry Potter's first letter from Hogwarts, because it revealed to me a previously hidden secret world that had existed all along hidden in plain sight. You know, a magical world of witchcraft and faggotry, where a hundred people, <laughs> just like me, were dancing sweatily to the Pointer Sisters, while feet away on the pavement above our heads, the muggles were passing by, you know, oblivious, on their way to catch the night bus home. But there, under the pavement and under the mirror ball, I discovered a tribe just like me. Hidden and ignored, they were building a whole new world where we were free to make up the rules as we went along and where everything was up for grabs. And over a glass of Campari and orange juice, <laughs> I was changed profoundly. Because it turned out I wasn't the only gay in the world. I could be whoever I wanted to be, and nothing would ever be the same again. <laughs> 